Once upon a time, there was a great wind, a mighty life-giving energy that breathed everything into existence, a power that moved along the waters of the deep, the Spirit of God. One day, a group who loved God was praying and meeting, celebrating a Jewish feast with friends and family, unaware of what was going to happen. Heaven was about to pay a visit. A violent wind filled the room where they prayed. Tongues of fire descended, separated, and rested on each of them. The Spirit of God didn't just come near them. The Spirit filled them. And each one began to speak in a foreign language, the many languages of all the people who lived in Jerusalem. All those who passed by marveled at what they saw. How could it be that each one could hear their own native language at the same time? Some claimed it was miraculous. Others scoffed and called them drunk. But Peter stepped forward and boldly proclaimed the truth. What the scripture described long ago had now come to pass right before their eyes. I will pour out my spirit, the Lord told his people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Here was the moment. The power of God filled the faithful. The body of Christ rose up, alive and active, equipped and empowered to love God, to love others. The good news continues to be proclaimed. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the best news is, for those who believe, the story never ends. Good morning. Welcome to Polaris Christian Church. Uh, thank you for joining us whenever you happen to turn this on today. Uh, my name is David Ivey. I'm one of the pastors here at Polaris Christian Church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I'm going to pray for us this morning, and then we're going to start it in our message as we look towards the life of Peter. So God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to worship you with your, our words. Let's uh, listen to what you have to say through the life of Peter and the start of the early church. We pray this in your name. Amen. So after my senior year of high school, uh, when it was over, I needed to make a little money. Uh, and I needed to make a lot of it before I went to college. Uh, and, and so with my size and stature, I, I had, and the desire to make as much money as possible in a short amount of time, I found a job as a roofer with a roofing company. And, and just so you know, I have zero experience with roofing. I just was a big, strong guy, and I needed someone to live heavy loads, and I could do that. But here's a little caveat to uh, my roofing experience. I'm a little bit afraid of heights. Now let me explain. We, we, our first house we did was fine. We were on a, a one-story home. It, I didn't freak out. All was good. I thought, okay, I can handle this. Until the end of the week, when we started with the new home which was four stories tall with a pitched roof. And the only thing that was really holding me on that roof was 10 nails that were hooked up to these hooks uh, that happened to be hooked up to a board. And I was clinging on to dear life. And for obvious reasons, I am not a roofer by profession. 
And as scary as that first high school, post high school job was, it was nothing compared to choosing going into the ministry. On July 6th of 2008, I became in here, intern here at Polaris Christian Church. And all I knew was I had a calling in my life uh, to go into active ministry, and I had no clue if I'm going to succeed or not. And over the past 13 years, I've been here on staff. I've been a part of some really cool stories. I have been witness to young people changing their lives. I have seen you know, people breaking their, uh, from their, free from their addictions. I've seen relationships healed. I've seen people saying yes to Jesus. But let me tell you, uh, there are times in my early ministry where I was just as scared of being up that pitched roof holding on for dear life, maybe even more. Because here's the thing, if I would have fallen off a roof and hurt, hurt myself, I could handle physical pain. Physical pain wasn't something I couldn't face. But if I said or did something that could potentially derail someone's faith journey, then it would be pain that would never go away. If you could hear my internal monologue as I would drive home sometime from church, uh, you may get a kick out of it because I would go through the things I may have said or not said that, that would, you know, I worried it had some kind of effect on someone, not in the way I wanted them to. You know, the biggest thing, though, when I started my ministry was I had this, this feeling of being unworthy in the position that God had me be in. And I believe that unworthiness, that feeling of unworthiness, was, was pretty much a struggle I struggled with throughout my life, my young life. You know, being self-worthy or self-confident is something I really struggled with and sometimes still do. But through it all, I stayed the course because I knew that God had a mission for me and, and that I needed to act on it. He also, I also knew that if I didn't act on that mission, I would feel empty inside and I would feel miserable. And that's the amazing thing about following Jesus, about this Christianity movement. It's not supposed to be a passive experience. At least it's not meant to be. See, Jesus has a mission, a job, a calling for every single one of you. And this morning, we're going to spend our time wrestling with what that calling could mean for you today as, as we look at the start of the Jesus movement. So over the past couple of weeks, we have been looking at the life and the ministry of Peter. And we've looked so, so far primarily in the Gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament. And the story of Jesus' life, his ministry, death, and resurrection. And, and, and like we've talked about you know, over this past, actually over a month, uh, we know that Peter had a front row seat to Jesus' ministry. He was actually one of Jesus' closest friends and followers. That's why Jesus said this about Peter. Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the, key, of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, you will lose in heaven. I mean, big deal. I mean, Jesus is giving him the keys to heaven. That's a, a huge deal. And so we're going to pick up this morning with our story in life of Peter, after Jesus had resurrected, after he, you know, hundreds of people had seen him alive post-Easter, post the tomb, and Jesus is about to return to heaven. And this is where it picks up. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 says this. Then they were gathering around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set to his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, 
and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. Have you ever visited like a, a, a family friend or, or friend or family member uh, they had, you haven't seen in a long time? And you love that moment when you get to see each other and reminisce and talk about old stories and just, and just also like your friendship had never been on pause. It was just always there. But then it was time to say goodbye again. This is kind of a moment that's happening here with the disciples and Peter. Jesus returned from the dead and they were so excited. And he was, he was doing all these things post-tomb. And now it's time to, for him to go again. And I'm sure the people who are witnessing uh, this moment, this, including Peter, were wondering all kinds of things. When will we see him again? What are we going to do now? How are we going to move forward with this new movement, this new ministry, this new church? And many times we feel this way in our own faith journey. We have these moments with Jesus. They're life-changing. He challenges you. He wants something for you or from you. He wants you to act upon it. And we keep on asking ourselves these questions. But I think the biggest questions that we struggle with sometimes when it comes to acting on our faith is how are we supposed to accomplish a task when we really don't feel that we're qualified? thing is, Jesus didn't just leave us you know, out here to figure things out. He actually gave us someone to help us, the Holy Spirit. And the disciples, you know, hear about this great, great powerful thing that they're about to receive. The power to help them through the journey. This mission to reach everyone for this good news about Jesus. And the witnesses that they've had with the cross, the tomb, and, and the amazing thing that God's about. But the, the amazing thing too for me is that this mission hasn't changed in over 2,000 years. In 2021, we are on the same mission of the early church to speak up and step up for the good news of Jesus and who he is, what's he about, and the freedom he brings through our faith. We get to do a job. We get to be on a mission with him. And so Jesus you know, tells Peter and the disciples to go and wait for this great, powerful thing to arrive. And, and boy, does the Holy Spirit make a entrance. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one space. Suddenly, a sound like a blow, blowing a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seems like to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, beginning to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit enabled them to. Now, real quick, I am a pro wrestling dork. I know it's scripted. I know the outcomes are predetermined and all that. But it doesn't stop, stop me geeking out and having, getting excited when I hear you know, uh, uh, my favorite wrestler come out to their entrance music and I'm going to see some good wrestling. Uh, I can't wait to, to see them come out and as Ric Flair would say, walk that aisle, to go down and, and, and do what they do. When they arrive, I know who's there. I know what's about to happen. All sorts of sides about wrestling. The Holy Spirit made like a WrestleMania type entrance. Uh, he got the attention of everyone that was in that room in that moment. So much so that it broke out of that room into the busy streets of Jerusalem. The power of God had arrived and was making its home within human beings. 
And, and that always kind of gives me goosebumps to think about what was happening in that moment. As Peter and the disciples received the Holy Spirit and they had their first chance to do something in this new Jesus movement. Acts chapter 2 verse 5 says this. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under, under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd began to gather in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Now, the book of Acts says there was a mixed result uh, when it came to what was happening. There were a group of people that were so just blown away about what they were hearing from Peter and, his, and the disciples that they just, it just, just blew them away. They didn't understand what was happening, but they wanted to know more. And then there was another group of people that heard what was happening and just thought the guys were drunk and they, and they probably just walked away shaking their heads. The book of Acts tells us of this mixed reaction. But despite all this, I want you to really look at what's happening here. Jesus leads us to go to heaven. Peter and the disciples are left to start this new movement, probably scared out of their minds, not sure if they feel they're worthy enough to do this, this, this new mission. And I'm sure there were doubts they could pull out without Jesus being there physically. Then the Holy Spirit, Spirit enters with a bang. And Peter and the disciples are given a supernatural ability to speak and communicate. Jerusalem, being full of all kinds of people from all the world, were there to hear this movement start. And what a big way to start this movement. These people were going to take their, what they saw in Jerusalem home with them. Even the people who didn't believe what they saw. And they were taken back to their families and their communities and talk about what happened there and talk about maximum impact. And to me, what is the biggest barrier when getting a message out? Communication. And what does the Holy Spirit do this, this first big night of the Christian movement? He removes the barrier so everyone can hear the message loud and clear. God, through the Holy Spirit, equipped Peter and the disciples with what they needed to complete the mission. And in this mission specifically was the, removing the communication barrier so they could speak the good news. In the same way, God equips you and us to do the job that needs to be done. He gives us the courage, the word to say, the actions, the direction to accomplish this mission. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you don't, maybe know it's from God, but you've felt these urges before. You know what I mean. Maybe for you, you felt an urge to, to contact someone and send someone a positive message. And maybe you felt you needed to text someone or call someone or email them or send them a card. And you weren't even thinking about this person. All of a sudden, it's something you felt you needed to do. Like you had a desire to go get it done. That's the Holy Spirit equipping you and urging you to do something. Have you ever felt that you need to give to a cause or someone at work or your neighbor? And maybe you don't even know what they need. You just, you just felt you needed to give something to them. And this wouldn't go away. That's the Holy Spirit urging you and equipping you to do something. Have you ever had a opp job opportunity to come out of nowhere or a chance to coach your kids' teams or an opportunity to speak to your community? It wasn't something you had planned or, or even desired to do, but you just felt you needed to do it anyways? That's the Holy Spirit equipping you and urging you to do something. And this list can go on and on and on. There are so many examples in life where the Holy Spirit is urging you to do something. And like the disciples, if the Spirit is urging you to do something, the Spirit's going to equip you to get that job done. But here's the catch. You have to do something about it. 
You have to step up. You have to speak up. Action must be done. Here's what Peter does. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice to the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who are in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I say. So Peter steps up and starts speaking. He gives what is probably the very first sermon of the New Jesus Movement. He did this without the internet. He did it without a formal training thing. He did it without a well-rehearsed speech or, or written thing. The Holy Spirit opened the door, gave him an opportunity, urged him to speak up and step up, and he acted. He jumped into it. He just went for it. His speech is like 25 verses long, and it's actually really, really good. And I just encourage you, maybe have some time this week, read Acts chapter 2, see what, G, what Peter had to say. But he doesn't, what he does, he speaks from his heart. He speaks from his experience. He talks about things he would have learned as a young child growing up. He, he, he talked about the things that he learned when he followed Jesus throughout the ministry and the good news that the cross brings us. Peter didn't sugarcoat things by any means, or he didn't you know, talk less potent because he, he was worried about offending someone who may be present at Jerusalem. No, he spoke the truth. He spoke it with conviction. He stepped up and spoke up. And the action of him following and obeying God's uh, movement gave him this. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This was a turning point for Peter and the disciples. The action that truly began the Christian movement. 3,000 people saying yes to, to Jesus in that moment because Peter felt the push of the Holy Spirit, stepped up and spoke up when the opportunity came. And it's impressive that 3,000 know, people is. There were people who walked away from that message as well. And we have to remember during our faith journey, when, when Jesus asks us, when Holy Spirit urges us to speak up for our faith, do something for our faith, doesn't mean everyone we talk to is going to accept it. Being obedient to what God wants us to do doesn't mean it's going to go the way you even imagined. And that's okay. See, our job isn't to force our faith on someone. Our job is to speak up and step up when the opportunities arise. The, the rest is on the person we talk to. So God isn't asking you to make the decision for that person. The only thing God is asking is for you to act. That's it. And that's what being a follower of Jesus is all about. Stepping up and speaking up when the mission, when the mission comes up. And he's given us those opportunities. In fact, you know, right before the day of Pentecost, there's a story in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. And it says this. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some had doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I command you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is called the Great Commission. This is the moment where Jesus kind of tells us, listen, this Jesus movement is supposed to be an active one. He's got a job for you. And our job is pretty simple. To follow his teachings and tell people about him. 
And I love that we have a role to play in our faith. And here's the thing. I, I, it is amazing that our Savior came to earth and died for our sins and that one day heaven will be ours. And I love that, that, that that's the future for me. But at the same time, I'm even more amazed that Jesus is asking me to do something Why am I here on earth. That I'm not just supposed to sit here and check off the box that I came to church or was involved with, with, with doing something you know, on a Sunday morning. He wants us to do things for him. He wants us to be active in his ministry. But just like the people that rejected Peter's message, you know, we can do the same thing. And we often do. The Holy Spirit gives us opportunity to step up and speak up all the time, but we don't. And we have all kinds of excuses. Sometimes you say we're too tired, or sometimes like we, we've been talking to people all day. I don't want to talk more. Or you say you're too busy, or you don't believe you have what it takes to do what you're asked to do. But the Holy Spirit continues to give you those opportunities every single day. But what if? What if we started to act on them? Here's what Peter, Paul has to say in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. See, Peter's life was full of opportunities, both taken and missed. He stepped up when the opportunity, urged by the Holy Spirit, came about. And when he did step up and spoke out, he did amazing things. And Paul's telling us in Ephesians, he's saying, listen, we, we have daily opportunities to do something special for our faith. And we look at our faith sometimes and we wonder, why are we struggling? Why don't we feel God's presence? Why, why do I feel like I'm kind of spinning my wheels? And we need to ask ourselves, are we stepping up and stepping out and speaking up when the opportunities the Holy Spirit gives us every day? So we have two paths in front of us. One path leads to a shallow faith. The other path, fulfillment in ways you can't even imagine. So what do we do about this? What, what do we do in 2021 with the message of Peter? The first thing we ever know is that God does have a job for you. Even if you're not 100% sure about the God thing, he still has something for you to do. What is it? Well, just like when you're younger, you have to figure that out. And how do you figure things out when you're younger? By doing stuff, by, by experiencing things. Don't just sit there. Find something you're passionate about and serve that cause. Try to new things when it comes to your faith. Do something. Get involved with the ministry. What ministry? Well, let me tell you something. Middle school and high school boys and girls, they need you in their lives. They need someone who's willing to listen to them, care about them, guide them through the ups and downs that teenagehood brings, and tell them that Jesus is the answer. And here's the great thing that we all have in common. We have all been teenagers at one point. We've all experienced the emotions, the decisions that a teenagehood brings. They need you. Maybe student ministry is not for you. That's fine. Jenny King could use you in children's ministry. Why? Because kids need you. They need you to love them, to smile at them, to tell them they're, they're good, to, to tell them about Jesus. Kids need you. Maybe for you, if you felt that urge to do something, act on it. Maybe your mission field isn't in ministry. Maybe your mission field is, is your job. Your coworkers need you. Maybe your, your mission field is your kid's team. Those players need you. Maybe your mission field is your community. Your community needs you. More importantly, maybe it's your home. Your family needs you. Don't just sit there. Be like Peter. Speak up. Step up. 
And remember, whatever God has you to do, he's already equipped you to do it already. He has that specific job for you. He won't leave you hanging. He'll give you the words to say, the people to talk to, the actions to take, the direction to go. No matter what God wants you to do, at the end of the day, we have a choice. You can choose to not speak up and step up for Jesus. You can choose to miss out on the adventure of a lifetime. And the thing is, the world will be all the less for it. Or you can choose to speak up and step up for God and change the world around you and make an eternal impact that will affect generations to come. The choice is yours. Let's pray. God, thank you for once again being present in this moment. God, let your words of truth speak directly to our hearts to step up and speak up for you. Whatever that may, may, may be, whatever that urge that you've given us, let us step up and act upon it so that we can change the world around us. Be with us today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us once again online. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. God bless.